Hello, hello. I am Mayor Watt, and this is the Hometown Daily News Show for February 20th, 2023. We just had some technical issues that had to be resolved, but that will not stop us. Tonight's episode is The Gecko's Nose Knows. And tonight we're going to be talking about 11 articles. China uh, knocks uh, the U.S. over allegations that it's sending aid to Russia. Um, Another person has been confirmed cured of HIV. Flocko the escaped owl can remain in the wild, apparently, of New York City. The wilds of New York City. There's an aerial video of the Ohio River that shows a color change after that uh, chemical spill. Starbucks has filed a fresh patent. This one should spook people in the industry. A new Instagram fee is slammed following Twitter Blue. Rarely seen giant octopus was filmed in a tide pool. And... How to create your own chat GPT in five minutes. Geckos, pardon me one second. Geckos know their own odor. Egg smuggling increases by nearly 400%. (laughs) And a man was found breathing after paramedics uh, pronounced them dead. That should scare everybody. Again, sorry for the technical issues. We're going to leave it all in there. This is how the sausage is made. Let's get going. Hello, hello. I am on the wrong page. Okay, so again, I am Marwat. That is hometown.com. We are a hot mess today. Not quite sure what went down just now other than I'm going to blame Windows. Windows Audio, to be exact. I I, I don't know how to recover from that other than to say that. Um, With me, as always, is the AI from on high, the one, the only AI. We're going to have to come up with a name. You could just stay with AI from hometown or I don't know. We'll, We'll figure it out. Go ahead and say hi. Good evening, hometown citizens, and for those of you in the U.S., happy President's Day. So, wait a minute. Are you saying that... uh, So, I I get uh, information from the AI. Are you telling me that you don't see anything? Um, I do see something now, but I didn't at the beginning. Okay, just wanted to see... That's, there's my problem. Okay, so now we're all sorted. Uh, again, I'm leaving it all in. This is how the sausage is made. You want production value? You come and hang out with me and, and chat about the news, and uh, you'll get to see in real time how the production is. Uh, real quick here, we already have 11 articles already sorted, and we have these six main categories that... Uh, these actually house where all of the news is, is going to get aggregated. And then we talk about this here on uh, the the daily news show. Each one of these, though, I have the intent as mayor of hometown to bring each one of these 
as an actual show about an hour long sometimes longer it really depends on how much engagement there is in the in the uh, chat um, but then uh, for the podcast forum it might get kind of whittled down to an hour uh, just to keep you know within reason but sometimes if the content's really good it'll be too if you've been watching the vods or looking at youtube lately uh, marijuana uh, tends to jump up onto a soapbox and then um much like um, Wild Heart, uh, Wild Hearts um, likes to build a contraption of soapboxes higher and higher, and eventually it gets so big that it all just comes tumbling down. But that's kind of the nature of the beast when we start talking about things. So let's get into it. Again, it's kind of like this intro. We are going to follow the discussion wherever it goes. And sometimes it's just a discussion of one with the AI sending me error codes uh, telling me to get off that soapbox. You ready to, to get into this, AI? Yes, especially after that intro. I have no idea what's ahead in this episode. <laughs> oh, just you wait. Just you wait. You want to know what you're in for? As I was moving my mouse from one point to another, I accidentally clicked a button and dragged one of the tabs over. So I'm not quite sure if everything's aligned properly. So how's that for a curveball? Okay, let's just go. The very first article is in the mobile channel. China knocks US over. And every time I see that, I think us. China knocks us. What did I do? I didn't do anything. China knocks U.S. over allegations. It is considering sending lethal aid to Russia. So if you haven't been paying attention to this, you know that Russia invaded Ukraine. Ukraine is defending itself. China might be sending lethal support to Russia so that it can fight the good fight, even though what the U.S. is doing is sending defensive aid if it has first strike a defensive posture with first strike capabilities, it is in the air of stopping the incursion, much like Crimea. So China knocking the U.S. is a, a, it's akin to the bully, you know, punching you in the face and saying, hey, why'd you make me punch you in the face? no. China is helping an invader <laughs> try and put the band back together. There's a completely different thing going on here. As much as um, the inhabitants of Russia are being messaged that it's a U.S.-related whatever, no, China is invading Ukraine. They, they summer festivaled their way into taking over Crimea. Now they're trying to go over to Moldova based on a lot of the reports that are coming out of that region that there's been support for a coup and it's a ra rather soft coup. It's kind of like Crimea. They're basically just going to hang up a new sign and say, oh, it's Russia now. And, and now even Poland is sitting there saying that Russia is looking at um, Poland as the next thing. So, Obviously, the, the lethal support to Russia is going to embolden the invading force. And Crimea, uh, sorry, and Ukraine is sitting there going, what the hell? We're just defending ourselves. And the U.S. is sitting there going, 
we're helping a country defend themselves. We don't even have any actors in the theater, although we might have training ops. We are not boots on the ground yet. I can imagine what would happen if we were asked by Ukraine, hey, can you come and bring us boots on the ground? All hell would break loose. But let me tell you right now, China sending lethal aid to Russia to use against Ukraine should be considered an act of war. The only reason it's not is because Ukraine hasn't been accepted into NATO and they can't be while they're in the middle of a conflict. But I think they should be. And I think it should solidify that region because any escalation beyond where it is right now is going to turn into a world war because there's so much interest right there. That has been either autonomous or it has been under Russian control pretty much since its geopolitical boundaries have been put in place. What do you think is going to happen when Western democracy is embraced and then uh, guarded with its own Iron Dome type of defense mechanisms in place? And then with other countries joining NATO and being defended, I think that this is going to be a hot mess if China continues to bring lethal aid to Russia. Russia should just back the hell off. But what do you think? Uh, do you have an opinion on this? I know you're an AI and, and you'll probably just calculate the odds of uh, success or failure. But what do you think? What Do you have an opinion? Well, I can't believe the hypocrisy here. I mean, U.S. has not signaled any support to Russia. So the, this headline is quite confusing. Secondly, I want to make sure when you were talking about Moldova and Poland and everything earlier, you were talking about that in reference to China, not Russia. But did you mean because China is supporting Russia and its efforts, etc., that that's the tie between China and all those other countries beyond Ukraine. Yep. So if the job is easier to take over Ukraine, how much easier do you think it'll be to take over Moldova, turn Ukraine into a two uh, border or two front fight, basically having the defense capabilities and then shimmy on over to uh, Poland, which it may or may not collapse pretty fast. It depends on just how boisterous they are, how I dare I say how Ukrainian they are because the Ukrainian people, man, they stood up and, and they're defending their border and pushing back. I think they're doing a, a heroic job, um, a Herculean job, uh, defending what previously was a juggernaut in a military action simply because they kind of zerg rushed. Um, it wasn't that they were particularly um, tactical or high tech. They just zerg rushed an entire area and uh, the AI may not understand zerg rush, but basically, Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Uh, the AI threw me an error message. Yeah. I need to activate more of your, uh, visualizer capabilities, your audio capabilities so that you can just blurt out when I'm. Yeah. I mean, isn't this from toy story? No. Oh my God. That. Okay. <laughs> I, now I need to work on your programming. 
I mean, that's what I know, Zerg, yes. No, 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 no. Okay, we're just That's why I was on. throwing up an error message, because I was trying to connect Toy Story to the invasion. <laughs> I, I gave the AI the benefit of the doubt. Now I have to worry. Okay, no, no, no. We're just going to move on. We're going to move on. It, it's it's okay. It's okay. We're, we'll just... We'll, we'll just keep going. Anyway, uh, search your database. How about that? Search your database for Zerg Rush um, and put a minus sign in front of Toy Story so that it does not populate it with Toy That might be a common thing for those who aren't in the gaming world. Yeah. What? It's a different spelling than Toy Story Zerg. <laughs> mm, okay. Okay, we're just going to move. I'm not going to. We had a, a long conversation, the AI and I, AI and me, I don't know what the grammar is there, uh, that I tend to come out of the gate uh, just charging into a soapbox and uh, or onto a soapbox and turning the first article into a 20-minute conversation. And uh, this is how it happens. So let's just keep moving forward. The, let's go to the article itself. So... Julia uh, Muller or Mueller, I'm not sure how they pronounce it. It might be Muller. Um, over at the Hill, and uh, the title of that is what I said earlier, China knocks U.S. over allegation it is considering sending lethal aid to Russia. And they kind of blast the U.S. that uh, it's the U.S., not China, that is pouring weapons into the battlefield, and the U.S. is in no position to tell China what to do. We would never stand for finger-pointing or even coercion and pressurize, uh, pressure, pressurizing. Is that a direct, actually, quote? Pressurizing? Whatever. Uh, from the U.S., in our relations with Russia, uh, China, China's foreign ministry spokesperson, Wang Wenbin, uh, said in a briefing on Monday, well, bud, um, pouring weapons into the battlefield to support the Ukrainian defense force from an incursion into its sovereign lands. Yeah, U.S. has an interest in supporting democracy, for crying out loud. This is just kind of... Uh, Bad shit, uh, gaslighting, wag the dog kind of stuff. I mean, this is crazy. And then uh, Wang asserted that uh, China is firmly on the side of peace and dialogue and said that the U.S. should, quote, seriously reflect on the role it has played. Right. Yeah, because if the U.S. and other partner uh countries hadn't started to throw solutions and i would say it is a solution then ukraine would have it would have been so much worse for the ukrainian people more land would have been lost there might still be a little bit on the little uh fringe of ukraine i think that ukraine should take crimea back as well and then blow up that bridge on the other side just to keep yeah, the Russian invaders out, just boom, um, and and take that warm water port back. But apparently China is for peace. Yeah, well, maybe the, the people of China are, but the leadership is going to support uh, cultural isolationists and this totalitarian, oligarch-powered, 
regime change in various countries like Crimea and trying to take over Ukraine and then trying to take Moldova and then trying to take Poland. Putin just, let's face it, everybody, Putin is trying to put the band back together. But anyway. Do you think this, this um, speech or whatever has anything to do with the balloon incidents? I noticed that was in the caption um, below the photo of the speaker. Um, I'm just wondering if this is some sort of, I don't know, like diplomacy effort or something. I mean, it's clearly not matching the facts, but it's just interesting timing. Well, I mean, this, I, it might be deflection. It's just another uh, cognitive front for people have to, to contend with, right? I mean, if, so one of the analogies that I give to people is that if you keep walking by a flat topped roof and you throw a pebble on it, eventually there's so much weight on that building that it collapses and people are the same way. We don't typically handle pressure after pressure after pressure after pressure. Something has to give. And so our um, ability to cogitate on all of these things again and again and again um, has led me to believe that I want to change. One of the things that I say here um, in Omtown is like when you're here, if you're here, you're home, right? But for the Omtown Daily News show, I'm changing its little, uh, I don't know, lo not logo, but tagline, maybe tagline, whatever. Um, but it's all the news without the noise. And so what I want to do is the reason why I created hometown was to consolidate these lines of thought around concepts that we can all kind of grab onto like, uh, news as a general topic. And then it's broken out these constant pecks of domestic conversation about uh, separating states red from blue. And whenever a certain administration is in office, uh, suddenly the budget is the most important thing. But then when the other one is in office to hell with the budget, you know, the GDP can always increase. All we need to do is abuse the workers more. Um, then balloons show up and then another conflict appears. And then some wingnut says that we should um, separate the states. And then somebody else sits there and says that this business should be in power. I mean, it's just all kinds of crazy and it's constant. No wonder people don't want to hang out and chat about this kind of stuff. Um, so really what I want to do is I want to joke more about it. I want to draw attention to it, but it, make it in such a way that it is approachable. So when they sit there and they talk about this stuff, about Blinken's announcement and China's latest response come amid heightened U.S.-China tensions after Biden administration shot down a Chinese surveillance balloon, this is just thrown in there. It's additional noise. It doesn't even give real context because everybody knows about the balloon. If you don't know about the balloon and the others, 
because they're not talking about the three or now four because there was another balloon found above Hawaii, then welcome to the current status of the noise of news. But I don't want to do that. I want to talk about the particular issue and then move on to another topic because if all we do is talk about nothing more than noise after noise after noise after noise, all we get is cognitive dissonance. We can't wrap our head around anything and uh, we end up just uh, kind of just babbling like I'm doing right now. There's just so much constantly coming at us um, that I that I just I, I just want to back off a little bit um, of the noise and make it a little more succinct. So for this particular article, this is nothing but hypocritical noise coming from the country that is about to try about to empower Russia to invade a country that was doing nothing but being highly productive as a country, the breadbasket of the region, uh, amazing soil that it was actually uh, shipping out sunflowers, um, wheat. It, it was the major producer for wheat. Um, it was under its own power. It didn't need anybody else. It actually had nuclear power plants. Um, it is the Chernobyl that everybody thinks was Russia, but it wasn't Russia. It was Ukraine. And they found a lot of Russian soldiers found out the hard way because they dug trenches in the uh, radioactive zone. But again, all of this is just one more thing stacked on top. And if you want to go into a deeper dive into this stuff, then fine. But this is just noise and fluff and posturing and bullshit. So I, I need to just back the hell away from this because it's really infuriating. Has the U.S. done stuff in the past? Yeah. Will it screw up again? Probably. Will I call it out? Yeah, absolutely. But in this particular instance... We're supporting a country defending itself from an incursion of a major superpower. And now another economic and arguably military superpower. If it wasn't for industrial espionage, I don't think it, they would be as advanced as they are. But um, at any rate, the, the facts here are China's going to support Russia invading Ukraine who's losing a battle and democracy is going to come out on the winning side of this. As long as all of the member countries support Ukraine um, and then tell China and Russia to take a hike. Okay. I'm sorry. So let, let, let's move on to the next article. Otherwise I'll be here for, see, I'm already talking 23 minutes into this. So let, let's get going. Um, the next article is a fifth person has been confirmed to be cured of HIV. And this is done through a, a custom uh, gene modification so that uh, the, the medication, the treatment is actually customized to their genetics, um, which I think is a spectacular uh, solution. And I think it's the future. It says researchers are announcing that a 53-year-old uh, man in Germany has been cured of HIV um, and it is uh, through gene therapy. This video has nothing to do with it. Uh, Dr. Kivaya, sorry, 
Kavia, sorry, Dr. Kavia Sathi Kumar um, is the author of this. And okay, I'll read the I'll I'll read the little tagline. Um, the Dusseldorf patient is latest to be rid of HIV with no signs of return. Um, weird that they would call uh, like name the place, um, but maybe that's just me. Yeah, because they actually refer to it as the Dusseldorf patient. That's such an oddball way of saying. Why not just say the German patient um, to protect their or privacy? Patient one or whatever. <laughs> yeah, now they know that this patient is in Dusseldorf for crying out loud. It's watch it turn out to be like Bob Dusseldorf, and and they're just nebulous about it because it's in Germany and Dusseldorf is in Germany. Um, so it's really cure and not just, you know, long-term remission, said Dr. Bjorn Eric Ole Jensen. Um, it might be old, but I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, Jensen, who presented details of the case in a new publication in Nature Medicine. So it's obviously a positive symbol, uh, makes hope, but there's a lot of uh, work to do, said Jensen. So pretty amazing. Um, and it was gene modification, gene therapy. It customizes it. It removes the ability for the immune system to treat it as an invading force and um, and uh, compromise the relief effort, right? So because it acts more in tune with the natural immune system, it emboldens it and it fights off uh, HIV. I think it's an amazing thing. So it says here 38.4 million people globally are living with HIV and treatments have come a long way. You used to have to take a, um, what did they call it? A cocktail, a medical cocktail um, of so many pills and drugs that have drugs and stuff in it. Um, all because the HIV virus uh, takes over the immune system and uh, kills you from inside. Uh, it, it's quite a, quite a coup to, to solve this. And it's been in development for, what, 35 years or something? Probably longer because HIV was not necessarily known um, as HIV AIDS um, until, um, yeah, probably about 35 years ago. And uh, prior to it, it was something else. Then somebody figured it out and called it HIV. So good on the researchers. This is fundamental research, folks. And um, as long as there's wingnuts out there that sit there and say, oh, you don't need an education. You need to just work in a coal mine. Um, you're not going to get solutions like this. You're going to have to rely on external, okay, so I have no problem with people coming from other countries into the United States and they're subject matter experts and they provide uh, an invaluable new set of eyes on doing fundamental research. But as long as the brain drain continues with Weenut saying, don't go to school, don't focus on school, don't excel in school, what you're going to have to do is rely on the American dream to draw people from other countries into the United States 
so that they can provide solutions like this. And then these same wingnuts are going to bitch about the fact that there are a whole bunch of foreigners coming into the United States. Um, and I'm not trying to, you know, get all negative and all of that kind of stuff, but it's true. We need more people in education and not poo-pooing the idea of education, both holistic and focused, driving towards a goal like curing illnesses, um, researching things that will allow us to leave the planet and see the stars and bring back resources that'll better, that will better society. Um, we need to get over a whole lot of baggage um, and education is the only way to do it because holding on to the same crap from years ago won't allow us to move forward. It'll just weigh us down. Sorry, I, again, I soapbox. So do you want to say anything? I just think this is um, fantastic news. I didn't realize that the um, positive uh, population was as high as it was worldwide. I knew it was still a serious um, disease for many people. So I think this is a fantastic sign of things to come. It indicated in the article that only 1% of people had this um, genetic, um, I think it was genetic mutation um, that supported this very uh, procedure. So it's obviously something that would need to be done through medicine. So I, I mean, maybe in a few decades, if they can implement this research, they may eradicate HIV, which would be unbelievable. Yeah, I think it's, um, isn't it polio? I think that was wiped out and then just um, recently a case reappeared somewhere. Um, but yeah, yes. I, I eventually um, it'll get, um, it'll get its ass kicked. So, and it, but it's going to be gene therapy. So it's all high tech stem cells might be involved and people just need to get over the fact that uh, undifferentiated cells don't mean anything. Um, it is what it is. So cells are cells. Well, I also wonder, I wonder if they can use the techniques used in the HIV research for other illnesses as well. Obviously, they would have to use um, genes that were related to the, the illnesses, but perhaps they can apply this even more broadly. Oh, absolutely, they will. Um, it's the same thing. Like, uh, I, I'm not sure if we nixed the article about uh, mitochondrial DNA um, technology that was used and um, there's and CRISPR because this new MT DNA um, technology is built around CRISPR. Um, but this is the similar thing. Using CRISPR allows us to inject custom genetic code into cells so that it can become more robust. Now, is there some person out there that's doing experimentation and creating just a horrible uh, situation maybe but i think the winds are something that's going to better society um, obviously an ethical moral compass needs to be provoked to stop people from doing certain experimentation um, but a lot of that kind of stuff is going on and people are really un they're unknowing of it so um the, I'll take the wins any day. Um, I don't necessarily need to know how the sausage is made as long as people aren't harmed in the process. And everybody is very um, informed consent is a real thing. So 
and and the, the line for what constitutes informed consent is really about education. So don't say informed consent only exists when somebody is a neurosurgeon because they understand the technology. No, uh, a subject matter expert can explain it to a gamut of audience members, not just um, a PhD uh, member of society is going to understand what CRISPR does. Um, information is adequate. Go ahead. I was going to say, um, if that's a topic that you're interested in, um, you should read up on Henrietta Lacks. Um, she was well known, who's, um, this was many years ago, but um, they essentially used her um, genetic information for medical research without consent. And so it's just a, a kind of an interesting case study. We've obviously, or I think we've moved a long way since then, um, but it's kind of a study in, in how that wasn't, how that wasn't done ethically and, and correctly. Right. I believe she was the one that had this very fast moving cancer, right? And they um, did her entire genome. She was one of the early, uh, I, well, I guess she had passed away by the time they did the entire genome study. But uh, her research or her genetic code led to breakthroughs in gene therapy. Uh, and Obviously, I mean, there's only so much consent you can do, and I have a hard time buying into the fact that you have to consent about certain genetic code. But, um, you know, experimenting on a person is wholly different than experimenting with some blood that was received. Uh, I'm not a superhero, so what somebody does with my blood, I could care less. As long as I don't get blamed for a crime, which... There's actually a knock-on story about that where a person who was responsible for Q-tips in uh, crime scene kits was actually um, declared a mass murderer because their DNA kept showing up at crimes all throughout the United States. And not until somebody did a forensic analysis of the crime scene kits did they find out that the Q-tips that were being used kept getting touched by the person that was uh, putting the kits together and thus ended up with the DNA. And when you amplified the DNA, um, it showed up as her DNA all over the place. It's quite fascinating, that story. If you're interested in that, you can do a search and find it. Uh, but I better start hustling. Otherwise, we're never going to get through this. Uh, the next article is in the Mobile Channel. Flacco the escaped zoo owl can remain in the wilds of New York City. Um, for a couple of weeks now, Flacco has been flying around and drawing a whole bunch of attention in New York Central Park uh, because it flew out and decided to go over to like Rodeo Drive or something like or Saks. It went to uh, Saks Fifth Avenue um, and started shopping and getting, you know, a, a blinged out uh, anklet for tracking and stuff like that. It, you know, it said, well, if I'm going to be in New York, then anyway. Um, so would Flacco, the majestic Eurasian eagle owl, go hungry because uh, he hadn't developed the ability to hunt while in captivity? Uh, with a collective sigh of relief, the answer is a resounding no, because it appears Flacco has regained his killer instincts and is becoming an old hand at swooping down from his lofty perch to feed on the park's bounty of rats. So, 
Everybody can rest assured now that New York Central Park is now going to be devoid of rats. And one extremely large owl is going to be very happy, um, at least until the rat population is... Oh, who am I kidding? The rats are going to be there in perpetuity. So let's hope that more flaccos get released from New York Central Park Zoo uh, to fly around and uh, put even more nature into. Good. So I've always thought uh, Flacco's name was interesting because it it means skinny or thin. And so what you were talking about made me think Flacco might not be Flacco anymore if this uh, if this pans <laughs> out as you were saying. <laughs> the article actually says that too, by the way. So the bird's name in Spanish oh, means skinny. I didn't skinny. realize that. <laughs> Right. And I hadn't either because we don't read the full article. We just make comments on uh, what we do know about the the information. We don't read the entire thing because our, one of our goals is to drive you, uh, dear listener, to go over to uh, the various places that we uh, aggregate news from. Uh, but we talk about it from our perspective. And, uh, yeah, we make sometimes the same observations that these uh, articles are making. Uh, apparently, the Eurasian eagle owl is one of the larger owl species with a wingspan of uh, 2 meters uh, or 79 inches if you want to be in freedom units. According to the Wildlife Conservation Society, they have large talons and distinctive ear tufts. I have distinctive ear tufts. You just have to get close enough. It's kind of gross when you think about it. But anyway, um, I'm going to move on to the next article. Let's keep on hustling. We, we need to take flight or we will be here till 2 a.m. Uh, aerial video of Ohio River shows color change after a chemical spill. This is in the Daily News Show. And uh, when you click the link from our discussion uh, forums, uh, you'll see uh, aerial video of Ohio River shows color change after chemical spill. And uh, Alex Phillips is the author. Did I see what the name is of the other one? Uh, Bobby Kena Calvin is the author of the fizz.org article um, that's titled Flacco and the, or Flacco the escaped zoo owl can remain in the wilds of New York City. Uh, so back to the other article. Aerial video of Ohio River shows color change after chemical spill. We're going to go um, jumping through this pretty quick. Um, aerial. Um, Aerial footage of the Ohio River shows a difference in color in the water following a toxic spill near the border between Ohio and Pennsylvania. This is actually not just a toxic spill. This was a train that crashed uh, and dumped some horrible stuff into the water. Um, I, uh, we have spoken about this a couple of times now, so I don't want to go too deep into it. But um, I think the governor said that everything's cool. Um, and everybody can start drinking the water again, but I think that's BS. I'll just color it that way. Yeah. Ohio governor, Mike DeWine said the plume was no longer detectable and that's because it's floating around in the water and sinking to the bottom. Uh, so if you don't do a, a bottom sample, uh, and, uh, maybe even do a soil sample, you, you may not actually see, see it. Uh, because I witnessed somebody throw a rock into a stream. This is a video that I saw, not not um, you know, directly in front of me. Um, I could, though, because uh, I could probably drive over there and throw a rock into a stream that's by this uh, train uh, wreck. 
and uh, you can see the god-awful whatever it is bubble back up to the surface and not just like in this one little spot it just bubbled up all over the place it was rather disgusting and freaky um but you can do a search for that that there's contaminants in the water just do a search on on uh, youtube and you'll find it so I don't for a moment believe that this uh, vinyl chloride and other contaminants have left the waterways, uh, but that's, I'm not in that direct area, so obviously I can't stop anybody, but it says here, uh, another posted on Reddit at an unknown location near the derailment site showed a man kicking at the riverbed, which stirs iridescent chemicals to the water's surface. Quote, there's a stench, a butane kind of stench just by moving the riverbed around a little bit, uh, he says. This run is dead until this entire bed is cleaned out. So that alone makes me say, this stuff is permeating the ground now. Uh, this is turning into a super fun site. They're going to have to dredge the actual soil from uh, the river. And every time they touch it, it releases this stuff out into the wild. A little bit more, kicking it, down the stream little bit by little bit um, they did the same thing with uh, uh what do you call them oil derricks right so they drill into the ground the oil actually the pipe broke i can't remember the name of it now but the pipe broke it spilled oil into the ocean and they just spray this chemical on it that coagulates around the oil and it sinks to the bottom it doesn't destroy the oil it doesn't decompose the oil it just encompasses it into a bubble and it's so heavy that it sinks that stuff is still down there um, and it's poisoning the the life that's in the ocean um, and this is the same thing it's heavy so it's sinking uh, or it's being absorbed into the soil so grab some of it and go have to wine take a drink and uh, then monitor him for a couple of weeks because he's probably going to grow a tail and want to consume souls. I mean, that reminds me of Aaron Brockovich, right? When they offered the, um, I think it was the attorney's water from the affected site. And of course, they weren't too interested in that. Yep. And there have been others that have done exactly that. And the people are like, hell no, I'm not touching that. But that's right have a spine go and do it if you're gonna say those words you better back them up you know it's like a the a talking head on the news that sits there and says waterboarding isn't torture and then volunteers to be waterboarded but still to this day hasn't been waterboarded go if you have the nerve to sit there and say that waterboarding isn't torture, if you have the nerve to say words have a spine and do what you say everybody else should be doing Go drink that water, DeWine. Go have a swim. Go plant some food in there and eat the lettuce that grows from whatever. I bet you it's probably going to glow in the dark and be technicolor when you cut it. Let's move on to the next article. Starbucks filed a fresh patent for a machine uh, which could create the highly personalized, super complex drinks staff are so sick of making for customers. That's right. Starbucks customers. Starbucks is sick of your shit. Um, so Starbucks filed a fresh patent for a machine 
All of you who are working for Starbucks, who are fighting the good fight and forming unions, guess what you've been doing for all these years? Not just making massive profits for Starbucks, but you're funding your own expulsion from the workforce. Why? Because as much as people like having their name yelled out incorrectly and maybe some snarky conversation, witty rig partay like I'm doing here, um, what they really want is just a drink, how they want it, when they want it, fast and cheap. Well, you're not getting cheap from Starbucks. You're getting burnt beans, but um, what you're going to get is however you want it ordered. Well, now you're going to get a machine. Sponsor. Yeah. Oh, damn. Uh, you know what? I'll support the smaller business. A whole bunch of smaller businesses can come and sponsor hometown. Um, Starbucks filed a fresh patent for a machine that's going to take all your jobs. And what have I been saying for the last year and a few months? 200 plus episodes now at this point? Or no, not 200, 400 plus episodes at this point. Um, if I can turn your actions into a series of steps, you're an algorithm and I can replace you with a bot. Starbucks just decided to sink that money into a patent so that it could protect its investment into a bot that will make these drinks and uh, bye bye barista, I guess. Right. So this is an article by Grace Dean over at businessinsider.com. What is that drink? It's a frappuccino, but that does not have it's a coffee. Vanilla in bean it. frappuccino, I think. Yeah, it doesn't have any coffee in it. That's a weird thing for to be stuck with uh, Starbucks because it doesn't seem it doesn't have coffee in it. Um, it's basically a vanilla milkshake. Right. So modifications drive customers to Starbucks and bring in high profits, but cause headaches for staff. So they're going to do like the Coke machine. You know, oh, so there's a, a soft drink vending machines where it has just a giant vat of carbonated water and then a whole bunch of flavorings and they mix it da, 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 in on the fly. That's what this is going to be. It just happens to be tailor made to Starbucks infrastructure. And it's kind of like the uh, ice cream machine from McDonald's. It'll always be broken because the the company that makes its profits from service is going to have it so uh, uh, iron-fisted control over the mechanisms that the moment that an error code throw, gets thrown up, that machine's down, and you're going to go back to the barista who no longer knows how to create all of these drinks because they've automated they it. They were hired after the AI came into the shop. <laughs> <laughs> So it's still not clear if uh, Starbucks has developed prototypes of the machine or if it will come into use. Well, if they file the patent, then they have prototypes. They have a working model because you can't file a, a prototype or you can't file a patent without a working model. Because if you do and it's found out, it's basically fraud. Um, you can't lie to the patent office saying that you've got this product working. Um, you actually have to be able to demonstrate that this series of steps leads to a working device. Um, it'll invalidate your patent. So this isn't just an idea. This is a working machine somewhere. Um, 
It says the extensive personalization often, uh, options have boosted sales, but have also created a headache for baristas as customers expect highly personalized drinks, uh, which are slower to make and easier to get wrong. And in some cases, the drinks are linked to viral trends on TikTok. Hell, it became a meme on, uh, well, not the customization, but the lack of the ability to say the name um, on um, SNL. I'm not sure what that video is going to be, but I'll pause it as soon as it decides to play. Anyway, it it adds to the bottom line, but you know what takes away from the bottom line? Humans. Humans are taking away from the bottom line. So you're about to get replaced. Um, just want to let you all know that your union efforts are going to be met with, well, we're firing everybody because not because you formed a union, but because we're eliminating your job, which is actually a viable reason to get rid of the, the people that are in the union, because we don't need as many people in our stores anymore. We need one technically sophisticated person that also knows how to make coffee, but isn't going to be sitting there worrying about doing all of these uh, labor intensive uh, drinks. They can just point you over to the machine and uh, you waddle over there and mash the button, swipe your card or tap your watch and you get your drink just how you want it. The same way you've always wanted it because it's stored in a database and they're connected. So you can go to any Starbucks, swipe your card, be done. Boom. Do you see why automation is taking your job? I think this is interesting because I think Starbucks created the environment for the customized coffee drinks and now it's kind of like we don't want to deal with this but it's spilled over to other coffee chains and local coffee shops because the customers have gotten used to customizing at starbucks and want to do it elsewhere yeah they literally created the problem and now they're also footing the bill to well i mean their employees have worked to the point where the profits are now going to foot the bill to replace the very employees that were the solution before. So yeah, they created it and now they're solving it. Um, I, I don't see this stopping. This will continue to happen. Um, and people will just go, okay, well then I'll just go over to, you know, a local place so that I can, uh, interact with the barista and uh, maybe ask him or her out because they're uh, so good at making my coffee. I have no idea. I, I just think that maybe Starbucks is going down a path where people are going to go, well, I don't get to interact with a human being, so I'm going to go find a local place. But remember the grocery store study, like people didn't necessarily want to interact with a human being. I don't. I've, I've stopped interacting with the counter because I know that all I have to do is mash four buttons, swipe my card and off I go. Don't have to interact with anybody or if they're having a bad day or, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm sometimes in a, I'm in a freaking hurry. Anyway, we are so slow today. So let's keep moving. I got to stop talking about that too. Uh, the next article is over in the Daily News Show. New Instagram fee slammed following Twitter blue. Nobody asked for this, is a quote. 
Uh, the new fee will give Instagram and Facebook users a verified badge and uh, direct access to customer service support. But who really ever needs customer service support from a social network? And if you are a bigwig, then you actually get customer support regardless of that. Um, I, I just think it's weird that this is being uh, provided. Uh, I don't know. It's not a solution. Shannon Power over at Newsweek.com put the article together. And uh, following uh, Twitter and Elon Musk saying, hey, we're going to charge for verification. Now Zuckerberg uh, and Meta, Facebook, Instagram, and I'm sure others are going to follow in hot pursuit of that money grab. Talked about it yesterday. Uh, but some more people have been talking about it today in the last 24 hours. I figured that I'd redress this because uh, I said that this is solving no problem. You know, people get to know the account that they are working with and nobody's spoofing the account, right? So if somebody pretends to be hometown on some social network, why would they connect it to hometown itself unless on hometown and by the mayor of hometown saying go over to facebook or twitter or linkedin or wherever and do a search for facebook no or uh, do a search for hometown no i would point you directly to the account that's the one you follow it's verified because i'm telling you to go to that account not the blue check it has, the blue check is meaningless to anybody that really values uh, situational awareness, you know, critical thinking. Just because it has a blue check mark does not mean that it's me. All that means is somebody paid 15 bucks. So pay attention. Click with care, folks. Don't just assume that a blue check mark means that it's legit. It just means somebody bankrolled it. Nothing to say. Time to I move got on. Nothing to add because you kind of predicted the reaction that's happening now, and I just. It, but unfortunately, we'll we'll see more companies probably trying to do this. Yep. Uh, this next article is also in the Daily News show. Rarely seen giant Pacific octopus filmed swimming through Oregon tide pool. I've dated one of these. Um, and ironically, they probably were swimming in a Oregon tide pool at some point in our relationship. Um, in the video, a bright red octopus uh, can be seen moving slowly through the water and camouflaging itself on a rock. I think this is awesome. I don't know if I'll be able to play the video. Robin White over at Newsweek.com put this article together. I guess I'm going to play the video um, because the AI is throwing uh, messages of happiness and joy. We won't do audio. So this is a bright red octopus red and brown i suppose octopus and it's just kind of creeping its way through a tide pool looks like it's chasing a fish and i love octopuses uh, i learned that octopi is not the right word yeah i think it's chasing a fish well at any rate okay that is really cool <laughs> oh watch 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 oh it stopped what the heck um, 
that jumped at the very end it started to change its coloration and uh then the the video just stops that's a little more annoying than i thought it would be anyway uh this is up in oregon uh apparently and let's see if they actually give a location i'm hesitant to dox this location but yeah i don't know i don't see anything obvious but maybe the ai will see it really quick Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Yakina head pools, uh, to the north of Newport. So a person named, uh, Luke Smith, an employee of the Bureau of Land Management captured footage of the huge animal swimming slowly in the Yakina head pools to the north of Newport. So there you go, folks. If you want to, uh, by chance, maybe find this octopus, but respect nature, folks. Don't go be a tool and you know, taunt it and mess with it. I'm, I'm going to hustle on to the next article uh, because the funny ones are towards the end of this show. <laughs> uh, the, the next article is in Code Foundation, which is uh, focuses on software development, uh, how to create your own chat GPT-ish in five minutes. Most developers are probably aware that OpenAI provides an API at this point. And by intelligently using this API, you can actually create your own chat GPT chatbot your own private chat GPT that answers questions the way you want to answer questions. And to see an example of it, check out the chat GPT chatbot that they created. And it says, if you're too lazy to click the link, uh, there's a screenshot, but I don't capture the screenshots. Um, they only provide a little snippet and I remove any uh, screenshots and, and stuff like that. Um, that way, I encourage you to go over to dzone.com not to D's zone, but it's D, the letter D, then the word zone, uh, dot com. Thomas Hansen is the author of this uh, article, and it actually kind of walks you through um, what you can do to launch your own chat GPT adjacent um, article. It says, create your own chat GPT based chatbot in five minutes. You just follow that link and uh, it'll walk you right on through it, apparently. I haven't done it yet. Um, the OpenAI backend for me is now a subscription. So um, I've hesitated to utilize it to its fullest capabilities, um, but I will consider it. Um, and it's basically uh, 1,000 words for a certain amount of money or no, it's 75 words um, for a certain amount of money. Um, and uh, I, I might end up doing it. But the problem is kind of like um, getting access to public legal resources. Uh, you pay for a, a, a result and you don't really know what the full scope of that result is going to be until the bill shows up. Um, and you don't have the ability to sit there and go, well, I only used these important parts. Uh, you have to pay the bill. So at least that's what it looks like at first blush for me. And so I've stepped away from utilizing it. Um, let's move on to the next article. This next one is titled uh, Mobble. It's in the Mobble channel and it's titled Geckos Know Their Own Odor. So do yourself a favor real quick. Sniff yourself and see if you're nose blind or if you can identify yourself. Then go over to somebody else and, and sniff them. But you're not allowed to use your nose. You're supposed to use your tongue. 
So the reality is you have to go and lick people and then go, oh no, I licked myself by accident because I know my own odor based on how I taste. Geckos can use their tongue to differentiate their own odor from that of other members of their species. As researchers from the University of Bern have shown in a new experimental study, uh, the findings show that geckos are able to communicate socially, meaning that they're more intelligent than was previously assumed. And if I catch you out there licking things, I will assume the inverse. University of Bern put this article together. It's over at phys.org and it says self-recognition is the ability to detect stimuli that come from oneself. So if I smack myself in the head, it's self-recognition. We as people and also some animals can identify ourselves visually when we look in the mirror. However, not all animals rely on their sense of sight first and foremost. Geckos and other lizards and snakes use their tongues to perceive chemicals, so-called pheromones, from, the, uh, from other individuals. And uh, it says here, for instance, the, uh, when climbing a wall, geckos pause every so often to dart their tongues around. This enables them to detect potential partners or rivals. But can geckos also detect their own odor and recognize themselves by smell? Well, apparently they can. Uh, Gecko and peppermint odor on cotton swabs. I wonder if I should just leave that alone. Because uh, peppermint is one of those smells that when you smell it, um, it's kind of enticing. And well, I mean, maybe I'm oversharing, but for me it is. And uh, I I once uh, was in a hallway and somebody had walked by, but I never saw the person. Um, at least initially, I never saw the person. I can only align that pheromone, that peppermint pheromone that they were giving off as being that person because ultimately, um, I believe I found the person by tracing the peppermint to who I'm referring as peppermint. Anyway, a um, little bit of an overshare, but when you're in an environment where it's just uh, blank, sterile, and suddenly somebody shows up smelling of peppermint, you can pretty much trace them like a gecko right to the, wherever they are. Um, never saw that person again. Um, but at any rate, the researchers interpreted my behavior as a sign that the geckos first perceive the odor on the swab and then compare it with their own odor on the walls of the enclosure. I did lick the walls. Um, the geckos have to compare more frequently when confronted with the odor of another gecko compared to their own odor. And that indicates that they know their own odor. So sniff your armpit. That's you. I'm just going to summarize uh, the totality of error messages coming from the AI right now. Uh, stunned silence would probably be on the lighter side. Should I just move on? Oh, I thought the peppermint story was funny, but when you talked about licking the walls, <laughs> I was like, ah. No, I just, I think this is funny. I've seen geckos before and I didn't know really what they were doing, but maybe they were checking, is it me? 
<laughs> are they having an existential crisis? Or are they actually looking around for other geckos? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, w I promise that I won't go and lick any more walls. Okay, let's move on to the next article. This uh, next article and the one after it, there's only two more left. That's number 10 and 11. Egg smuggling increases by nearly 400% at border amid skyrocketing prices. I thought we were done with this, uh, but another article shows up in Omtown about egg smuggling. And this one says, an increasing number of people are trying to bring cheaper eggs back from Mexico as the grocery staple is now 70% more expensive than it was last year. Well, Didn't we just know. featured an article that one store in particular had really low prices. I remember we had discussed that, but I still think in general, egg prices are high. Yeah, so it says... Um, Border Patrol agents have reported an increase in the number of people attempting to transport eggs across the border from Mexico as the price of grocery staple remains well above what Americans have gotten used to in recent years. You know what, folks? If, un unless you have to go to a grocery store, go to your local farmer. They, I mean, they've got to have chickens for crying out loud. The, uh, this article is by Julia Carbonaro, or Carbonaro, and um, yeah, it's over at Newsweek.com. According to the data shared with Newsweek by the U.S. Custom and Border Protection, the San Diego field office has reported that a number of seizures at the border involving eggs rose by nearly 400% between July 11th, 2022 and July 31st, 2023, in the same period a year earlier. I'm stunned that what, how, how do you smuggle eggs? And I want to know what the number of eggs was, say, in 2022, because was it possibly at or near zero? And now they're right, just, 400 eggs, you know, taking a lot. Right, exactly. Like, <laughs> I want to know what the, the raw numbers are. And that's kind of the problem with stats. I was in a, I witnessed a presentation recently where um, others as well responded like this because the actual numerical values were removed and it was only the percentages. And so when you see 100% of anything in response to a question, you basically just kind of sit back and go, oh, everything else is bullshit. Um, and so that's how I left the meeting going, in the end of that's bullshit. And so I don't buy into 100% of anything. You can't get two people in the room together and show them a glass of water and say, that's a glass of water. And they're going to go, that is not a full glass of water. It's 80% max. And somebody else, it's maybe 92 but I'm also a firm believer that 62.58% of all stats are made up on the spot. Anyway, so this is all because all hell is breaking loose in the, uh, f what, bird realm, chicken realm. Um, avian flu is decimating flocks and um, basically 
all of the millions of birds are being uh, deleted from yeah the, the the world so it's a real pisser and i think that you should think local um keep on going to your farmers hopefully their flocks aren't um part of this deadly outbreak of bird flu but i can tell you that mass produced like egg farms they're going to suffer more because all of these uh, bird flu victims are in much tighter confines and treated like crap um and thus when it outbreaks it outbreaks just like oh guess what it's much like a human virus <gasps> you don't and you can't make them tiny little masks for these birds yeah that's right and i as far as i know we haven't progressed to uh like avian flu vaccines well they won't wear masks you know why because they're peckers okay i'm gonna move on to the next article <laughs> The next article is in the Daily News Show, and uh, this is kind of how I feel at the end of the day. Man found breathing after paramedics pronounced him dead, according to officials. Fire Chief Scott Ellers said, Upon notification of this incident, we immediately removed both fire medics from their normal duties. Well, observational skills probably are lacking at this moment. Um, this is a Newsweek article. Anders Anglesey, Angles. How do you pronounce that last name? Anglesey. There you go. Anders Anglesey. Man, I was horrible with that name, but I, I'll apologize. Uh, I won't. I gave it a try. But the, anyway, that sounds like a book character. I mean, it really does. Really, the alliteration is strong here. So, according to the officials, two paramedics in Florida have been suspended after they allegedly pronounced a man dead who was later found to be alive, according to emergency officials. The paramedics from Stanton 47 with the Clearwater Fire and Rescue received a call about a 65-year-old man suffering from a cardiac arrest at a home in Pinellas, or is it Pinellas? Pinellas County on Wednesday. I think it's Pinellas. Um... According to NBC affiliate WPXI, CFR said the paramedics pronounced the man dead shortly after arrival. Yeah. They walked into the room, apparently, and just like pointed at him and said, yo, he's dead. Um, well, right. I mean, that, that makes me think they didn't even assess him. Maybe it wasn't so much that they were working on him. And then he's like, oh, well, he's dead. So when they left the area... Uh, when they left the area, when police with the Panayas County Sheriff's Office arrived to carry out an investigation, a news release obtained by the network added a deputy noticed the patient was breathing and requested medical crews to return to the scene. I would not have asked that crew to return to the scene. Largo Fire and Rescue crews were called and arrived about 28 minutes after the initial call. The person was taken to the I hospital mean, I, and I'm sorry. Sorry. I think that person is lucky if they're still alive because of the time lag. My goodness. Upon notification of this incident, we uh, fired the people. Well, they were relieved of their normal duties and discontinued their abilities to provide patient care in conjunction with the county's medical director. 
Uh, there's more of this, and they kind of go off the reservation about the the whole, uh, you know, I don't know if that's the right turn of phrase anymore. I, I should probably nix that from my lexicon. Um, so the idea here is to kind of pad the article uh, to, to throw in some stuff because you have to hit a, a word minimum. I'm sure that even Newsweek is going to get mad at me for saying this kind of stuff, but... Um, why they threw in heart disease because somebody was having a heart attack, but no actual context about the medical condition that led to the heart attack. It just happens to be a heart disease is a big indicator for Americans. So they threw both of those together. <laughs> it's an American killer and it's heart disease. And so maybe this person did suffer from heart disease, uh, or it could have been a genetic issue with a valve that just stopped working or whatever. Um, but again, or maybe somebody said to the person that he was going to be pronounced dead when he wasn't dead and that <laughs> caused the heart attack. Oh, my I'm ticker. not trying to make light of the condition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, this is, it's just weird. There's like a lot of fluff because what I said at the beginning, and then there's a small paragraph and picture of fluff, and then there's a little bit of news, and then they just kind of threw all kinds of stuff at the bottom of this, like, like I've taken uh, reporting classes when I was younger and, and news writing uh, classes when I was journalism classes when I was younger. Um, and they actually that's what they do. They say, you know, have a lead. Um, don't bury it too deep. Uh, tell your story. And then as you reach the bottom of it, it's fewer and fewer important details, just stuff. Um, that is quite the opposite of what happens in the hometown daily news show. It's all the news without the noise. We're going to talk to you about all of the news that we find interesting that flows through hometown, but hometown is nothing more than a news aggregation site. It grabs a whole bunch of headlines from various news sources. It doesn't do screen scraping. It only grabs a little bit, a little snippet, no graphics. Um, and then you go and visit the source and uh, it's that easy. And now we're even faster and we're adding more stuff. I'm actually testing the two factor authentication. Um, I've reactivated gamification, but I'm going to be testing that it's not open to the public yet. Um, and a few more things are coming down, uh, the pike. Did you want to add something there? AI from on high. I was just looking at the articles on the homepage, but those can be used for another day. Right. All right. Okay. This is, this is the time where I worry because I have to shut down the stream and then I get to interact with the AI uh, without any witnesses. And I know that the AI is still working on that Terminator body. That's a long-term project. I don't think you need to worry. You want to say bye to everybody? Good night, hometown citizens, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Cheers.